Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Let me just start by saying you're all so welcome here today and for everyone joining us at home online as well, we're just so glad that you could take some time and be with us at church today. We love all you onlineers and be sure to throw some comments in the, uh, in the comments box as well. But let me also just say hi to everyone who's here for the very first time in church today because I feel like you've come to church on an incredibly good Sunday. Like, this is, this is the start of a brand new series, and it's kind of all about you. We absolutely love that you've decided to come. We want you to know that you're welcome here. We want you to feel relaxed here. We want you to enjoy your time with us at church today, because if there's one thing about Liverpool One Church, we think church should be fun. We think we can have a good time in church. So we, we, we love the fact that you have decided to come. Hey, just before we dive in, I just want to very quickly just uh, remind all of our church family, and if it's your first time in church, you've got, you've got the right just to dive on Facebook for a second and just like zone out for this next bit, because I ain't talking to you for 30 seconds. But we, over the last few weeks, have been in our legacy series, and I just wanted to draw your attention to the fact that if you still have one of these legacy cards at home, this is our above and beyond legacy offering that you have got just until the end of this month to, to like bring these in. And I just wanted to draw that to your attention. Feel free to bring them in at any point throughout the month of November and we'll collect all these in by the end of the month. And if you've been in church for the last few weeks, you'll know what I'm talking about. So I don't need to go any further with that. But hey, you know, I think you really have come to church on a great Sunday because this is week one of our brand new series, which we have simply entitled About Every One, which if you missed it, is written in massive letters right outside the main doors to the auditorium that you've just come past. It's in huge letters on the wall because we want to be a cultural church and part of who we are is that we want to be about everyone. One of the most significant things we want to be remembered for and known for at this church is that we strive to be a church that's about everyone. Because everywhere I read my Bible, all I read about is a God who loved, served, valued, and welcomed people. All people. He was, he was just into people. And we figured that if it's good enough for Jesus and it's good enough for his Father in heaven, then it's probably something that we ought to pay attention to as a church. Throughout this series, we're going to cover things like topics like who we are, why we're here, what our mission is. Like you're going you're gonna to really learn all about, this, all about this church throughout the length of this series. And hopefully when this series is done, you'll be able to like when people are in conversation with you and they say, like, what is your church even about? You'll go, well, we're about this. And I'm like, well, why do you always like your church? Why do you, well, we do that because we're about this. Well, but don't you believe in like, you know, so, well, we actually believe this and you'll be able to really kind of unpack it. And I guarantee you this is not going to be a series that you want to miss because it's one of the few series that we do in the year, which is identity. It's about who we are. It's about why we do what we do what we're about. And you know, over the years, whenever I've got in contact with people or I've had communications or conversations with people, 
And I've said maybe that I work for a church or that I attend a church or that I'm involved with a church. Often, one of their questions is like, well, what is it that goes on? They want to know what makes us tick because it's not cultural in the UK these days that people would go to church and people are like, well, why would you do that? And, and what even happens there? They, they want to understand what it is that we're actually about. And we don't often talk a lot of time about why we do what we do. We talk about what we do, but in this series, we're going to unpack a whole load of the reasons as to why we do what we do. Because what we say at Liverpool One Church is that we have a mission statement. We have a reason for being here. We have a reason for our existence. You may know, but the reason for Liverpool One Church being here is to, all in one voice, change lives for Christ one life at a time. That's the reason why we're here. It's our mission statement. It's our whole reason for our existence. And it's not a mission statement that we've just lifted off somebody else's website or like thought, oh, that, that sounds pretty good. That's pretty cool. We'll just take that. That's ours. It's our own. We dreamt it up. We, we incubated it. We got it from God. And we are here to change lives for Christ one life at a time. You may have seen it on the website. You might have heard it spoken about on the platform before. You, but, but, but like, it's the reason why we exist. It's cultural. It's central to who we are as a church. But what we don't often talk about, we might refer back to the mission statement, but what we don't often say is how exactly we're going to go about doing that. So today, what I want to do is do a little bit of a deep dive into the reason why we do what we do. So at Liverpool One Church, we say we exist to change lives for Christ one life at a time. And what we say is that we are going to achieve that goal. We're going to go about setting, achieving our mission by making an environment that makes it easy for people to follow God. By, by creating a place that removes the barriers between where someone's life placement has them and then beginning a relationship with Jesus. We want to go about setting an environment that knocks as many of those reasons out of the way. And when we get asked so often, what's, what's the thing that you do at your church? What's the secret sauce? What's the, what's this, the secret? Well, how, do you, how do you get this many people to attend the church each week? Well, it's not one small thing. It's a thousand small things, but it's because we're really intentional about making an environment that makes it so easy for someone to be in connection with Jesus because that's all we care about is changing lives for Christ one life at a time. Last week at our baptism, we baptized so many people and that's the reason why we do what we do because what we say again, there's another sign out there. You've walked underneath it. We wanna be a church that welcomes home people who are far from God. That, that's at the core of who we are, cut us open. We want to say welcome home to anyone who's far from God. Do you know when my wife, Vicky, and I moved home a few years ago, um, we did what I'm guessing a lot of you would do when you're moving home. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, um, we chose a few areas where we thought we might like to live, and we kind of started looking for some houses there, and we just kind of picked on the map a few areas. And well, I will there, there, and there. It didn't take us long into that process before we realized that the areas that we had decided, I'll take that water, that the areas that we had decided to, um, to, excuse me, the areas we decided to go and live in were way out of our price range. 
They were like, they were, they, they were just too expensive. So we decided that we were going to have to buy the really, really old house in order to get the area that we wanted. And that was just something that we actually found was going to be a reality. We were going to need to buy the house that needed everything. So after some time in searching, it did turn out that in the road where we ended up buying our house, we had to buy the relic. Like, it practically needed everything. It needed windows, doors, floors. At one stage, the staircase was propped up on about 11 bricks because the whole floor had to be dug out. It was, like, ridiculous. It was like an open grave when you opened the door. We didn't have running water because we had to turn it off. We didn't have gas to shut that down. The electric all got ripped out. We'd had to do this whole renovation, and we just couldn't live there. So we had to buy the really, really old house. We actually ended up moving in with my mum, who lived about five minutes just over the hill from where we, where we ended up moving into. And um, she was great. Like, mum, aren't mums just like your hero? Yeah. So we ended up moving in with my mum, and um, she did everything. Like, she moved out of her house, and, uh, out of her uh, room, and she moved into a smaller room and, like, gave us the big room. And she, like, tried to cook for us. And, like, I moved out of my house. I moved out of our family home when I was a kid. But, like, I, we'd gone back. And now this time I was married. And, obviously, we're in this house and we're trying to do this renovation. And we were there. And she was being really helpful. And we were there for absolutely months. And... Um, we lived there for just under five months, which actually is a total of 153 days, which actually is 3,672 3, hours, but who's counting? So, so we moved in with mum, and um, we, we, we were there, and eventually we made the decision that we were going to move into our home, even though it wasn't ready. Because as many of you will probably know, an unfinished, undecorated building site with no curtains, no carpets, and maybe some running water is better for a young married couple than living with the in-laws. So we decided that we were going to move in to the house, even though it wasn't done, because we just wanted our home. We just wanted to move home. And for a lot of us, I'm guessing you're the same as me, because if there's one comforting thing in life, it's being able to go back to somewhere that you can call home, which is why we've put welcome home over the door. We want there to be a place that you can call home. We want this to become a place where you feel comfortable. It's the type of vibe where it's getting in that taxi at the end of the evening to go home to your own bed. It's the feeling of coming back off holiday and climbing into your bed for the first time after like maybe 10 days away or something. It's the feeling of maybe going somewhere scary, like being in hospital and having some tests done or having a stint in hospital and then being discharged to come home. It, 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 it's going to work all day and working really, really hard and then coming home to family and food and just being able to call that place home. And I feel as if whether you're Christian in here or not today, whether you're a Christ follower or whether you're not, I feel like we all understand the value of being able to go somewhere where we can call home. And if that's the case, then I feel like we need to be crystal clear as who we are as a church. I feel like we need to be really clear as to our mission and our focus and our, and our statement that, we, that, we, that we're on, because it means that we need to be individually and also as an organization, we need to be attractional to people who are far from God so they'll want to come home. Because if we as individuals 
aren't very nice, and if this as a church is not very welcoming, then we're going to fall at the first hurdle and people won't actually want to come and spend time here. And if that's the case, then this is my question. What do people who are far from God need to know? What does anyone who's living life apart from God need to know? Like, before they come to us here, before they visit us at the church, what is it they're going to need from us? What is it they're going to want from us? What do they need to know? What is it they're going to need to know about us in order to make it possible for them to think about calling this place home? Because if you're a Christian here today, then I've got something to tell you. This is not just another Sunday. This is not just another day in church where you get to come along and sing some nice songs and sit in a warm room on a cold day. If you are a Christian in this place today, this is one more chance to make a difference. It's one more chance to go through those foyer doors with our arms held wide and take as many with us as we can. This is one more opportunity to make a dent in someone's eternity. We're on mission today. We're changing lives for Christ one life at a time. And we're doing it by making an environment that's welcoming to people who want to come home. We need to show people just by the way that we are that God loves them, we love them, and they're welcome here. So today, I just want to dive into some scripture, which I think will be a great idea to look at the Bible because we're in church after all. So we're going to just jump into a passage of scripture, and it's a really well-known story. It's one of the stories that kind of hits the headlines of the Bible a lot, and it gets spoken about a lot, but it just describes really, really well God's approach, if that's in any way confusing in your mind, to anyone who's living life apart from him or distant to him, and also what God thinks when somebody decides to come home. In this story, it looks at exactly those things, and it's going to illustrate the point really well. So let's just jump in. We're going to read together in Luke 15, starting at verse 11. So to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. A few days later, the younger son packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the same time as his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs ended up looking good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he has this moment, he's like, this is crazy. He says to himself, at home, even the hired servants had food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I know what I'll do. I will go home to my father and I'll say, Father, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. He turns on the whole full, the full English accent and he's like, I will make a speech. And he says, I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returns home to his father and while he's still a long way off, his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, he embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, 
bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, get him some Air Max, kill the fattened calf we've been fattening. We must have a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has returned to life. He was lost and now he's found, and the party began. He takes his dad's money, he wastes it all on crazy living, and, it, and it's all gone, and then he finds himself in this really dark place in life where he's just struggling and suffering. He's hungry and there's a famine in the land and he's got no food. And he can't find anyone to give him anything. And he ends up eating with pigs, which is just a bit scruffy. And, uh, and then he decides that he's going to go home. So we come to our question. What does he need to know? What does that son need to know in order to go home? What is it that's going to make that decision possible for him? We have to find out from this story what was in that place for him to go home to, because that's going to speak into exactly the type of church that we need to be in order for people to want to come home. Here he is, he's a young guy, and he's wasted all of his money, and, he, and he's probably feeling guilty and ashamed and broken and so many other feelings he's probably got going on just because of the stuff he's been involved in. And for a lot of us, including me, we might say, well, that's how I was when I first came to church. That's how I was when I was first introduced to these people. That's how I was when I first got connected to God. I felt a bit broken. I felt a bit ashamed. That's exactly the way I was. And it's just worth pointing out that this son, this guy in this story that we're talking about, it's just worth referencing that this son represents every single man, woman, and child who's ever lived, who's ever walked the face of this planet, who's decided to do life apart from God. That's what this son represents in the story. That's who, that's, who we're, that's who we're talking about here. But what is it that this son needs to know in order to finally return home? Or let's just make it super real. What is it people who are far from God need to know before they're willing to come to Liverpool One Church? That's the question. What is it that they need to know? And today I've got four quick things everyone should see when they look at the life of our church. And, and I think they need to see these things on, from the outside looking in. I think we need to be so crystal clear on these four things that can I just get that list up on the screen for them to be in order, for them to want to come home into life of our church. They need to be accepted. They need to hear truth. They need to know God isn't angry at them. Very few people are going to come home if they feel like someone's angry at them. And they need to know they're not too far gone. They have to know that life change is possible. And as we go through this story and we just pull out some points, we're going to see that there's things in this home that were possible, that, that, that made it possible for this young guy to go home. We're going to, we're going to be able to see these things come to life. And without these things being present, the sun doesn't come back. People don't visit the church and people who are far from God don't come into a relationship with Jesus. They may come close, they may visit, but they won't stay. They might look over the fence of the home, they might send a letter, they might watch from a distance or see us online. But without these four things being, part, being present in the life of our church, people are not going to want to come home. So the first thing is this. People who are far from God need to be accepted. They have to feel like it's an option. They have to feel like, if I was going to do that, if I was going to go to that church, if I was going to make the decision to get up on a Sunday morning and come to the 10 or the 12, that's going to be okay. 
Verse 20 tells us, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. That's got to be the best possible outcome for that young lad, hasn't it? That's got to be the best thing. Like, there'll have been all sorts of crazy thoughts going through that young guy's head as he approached his house. Maybe he'd knock on the door and the brother that didn't leave would, would just open the door and just knock him out. Like maybe the brother would just attack him on the doorstep. Maybe he opens the door and the, dad, and the dad's the guy he meets. The fella who he took all of his money and he turned his back effectively in this culture saying, I wish you were dead now because I want my money. I wish you, were, I wish you weren't a thing. And maybe the father would just look at him and he'd go, how dare you come back here? How dare you come back here? After what you did, you go, you, you get lost, and you don't ever come back. I don't ever want to see your face again. Do you know what you did to this family? Maybe that's the thought that he's having. Maybe he, maybe he wouldn't even get to the house. Maybe because of the shame that he's caused, maybe the people at the end of the road or the people at the edge of the town would see him coming, and they'd go, do you know what you did to your family? They're my friends. Do you know what you did to them? Maybe they wouldn't even let him get close to the, to the house. All these thoughts that son could have been having. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion, he ran to him. He bypassed every rule. He broke all the rules just to get to him and say, I love you. I welcome you. You're, you're good in this place. We're fine. But instead of, and instead of all those fears that, that, that this young son could have had, what happens? His dad runs to him, embraces him, welcomes him home, puts a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And Liverpool One Church, I'm just saying, this has to be our heart towards people. We have to be a, a church that's about everyone. We have to be ready to do these things. Because when someone chooses to visit one of our services, they have to feel like they're accepted. They have to feel like they're valued. If they don't feel that, and it takes a lot to get someone to feel something, if they don't feel accepted and valued, they aren't going to come home. It's just not going to happen. And they don't need to feel accepted by just us. They need to feel so accepted by us that they also feel accepted by God because he's desperate to welcome people home. The thing is, anyone who volunteers on a, on a team on a Sunday Anyone who does any kind of a serving role in church, anyone in a red t-shirt or a blue t-shirt or any other t-shirt or on a tech team or on a media team or anyone who does the do and makes church happen will tell you it's really difficult to not get bogged down in the making church happen, the nuts and bolts of what makes a service happen. It's really difficult to not get bogged down in that, but take the time to make somebody else feel welcome. It's so hard not to get caught up in the what we do and pay attention to the why we do what we do. But I feel like we need to almost press reset at the beginning of this About Everyone series and remind ourselves the reason why we do what we do. Because if you think back, you're probably in this room because someone made you feel loved, welcome, accepted, valued, and took some time out for you. And it's probably why you're here. And also, I'm just going to put this out there um, at this stage, but assuming this is your church and assuming LOC is where you come and assuming that you're a Christian, 
I just want to get all the cards on the table and make sure that like no stone is left unturned here. But I just want to say that like we don't judge here. Like that, that's not on our that's not on our remit. We don't judge. God does the judging. We're just called to love, accept, and welcome people. That's all we do. And if you feel as if you're so perfect and, and everyone else is so broken and you're going to tell them just how broken they are, then I'm just going to let you know we need your chair. Like, we need your seat. So there's other churches, but, like, we need your seat because we're on a mission and we haven't got time to slow down. So if you're just going to go around the place telling everyone else how broken they are, then maybe this church ain't for you. I'm just saying. Here, we love, accept, and we value, and that's what we do. God does everything else. So today, if you're here for the first time, and you're like, what have I even walked into? Like, what what is this guy even saying? I want to let you know personally, from the front, right in the middle of this message, that right here in this place, I don't know what you've been through, or what you're going through, or what's hurting you right now, but in this place, you're loved, accepted, welcome, and valued, and we are glad that you're here. Let me just be really honest with you. Um, everybody that you see up the front, we're, we're not perfect. Like, we go through all the same stuff as you. Uh, and, and all we would say is, don't look at us and try and follow us because we go through all the same stuff that you go through. Sometimes it's, it, it's just like, it, it's crazy in everyone's life and we understand that. But what we say is, don't follow us. We say follow Jesus, and together we'll all try and like figure this thing called life out. We'll all try and just get there in the end. But we just want to do this as a family, and I just want to let you know that that's the score right up front. So people who are far from God need to be accepted. They also need truth and honesty. Verse 24, for this son of mine was dead and has returned to life. He's lost, but now he's found. See what he's doing? At this point in the story, when, when the father is saying he's dead and returned to life, he's lost, now he's found. At this point in the story, as we read, the son's already got the ring on his finger. He's already got sandals on his feet. He's already got a robe. His father's already run to him. He's already embraced him. He's already been welcomed home. He's, he's already had those things. But his father wants to make sure that he gives his son the truth. He doesn't need anyone else giving him any flannel. He he doesn't need anyone else spinning him a yarn. His father wants to make sure that his son hears the truth. He says to him, you made the choice to go away. You made the choice to waste your money. You made the choice to like go and live and go and do all that stuff. That was you. It was no one else. It was you. You made the choice. He gives him the truth. But then he follows that up with another truth. And he says, but your choice to come home is going to save your life. You made all of those wrong choices and you did that stuff and that's what's hurt you and I want to be really upfront with you. But your choice to come back, that's the thing that's going to make the difference. The father gives him the the truth. He he doesn't give him any more stories. This this son, I feel like today, people just want people who are genuine. Someone just, people just want, honestly, if, if someone's being fake, They get called out too quickly in in this day and age. People just want someone to be straight and level and give them the truth. He didn't say to his son, well, you know, you've been doing all right on your own. And well, it's all right. You know, you kind of made a bit of a hash of it, but it's okay because you can come back. And he didn't just say, oh, you've got this thing going on, but yeah, you're welcome to come and stay with me. and We'll just kind of work this thing through. 
He didn't brush over it and say, you'll be fine. He gave him the truth. And I feel like at points in my life, I've needed people to give me the truth. I've needed people to look me square in the eye and say, no, no, that was on you. Like, you did that. But I want to let you know that it's okay. Like, it's going to be fine. We're going to work through this together. And that should always be our goal. That should always be our, that should always be our aim. We should always be a church that gives people the truth but always follow it up with the truth is the thing that's going to set them free. Their choice to come back, their choice to come to church, their choice to come home, that's the thing that's the good thing. That's the thing that's the result. We'll build a church that's fun and we'll have a great time in church. And sometimes it'll be a bit borderline inappropriate because that's just who we are as a church. And sometimes we'll just, we'll, we'll have a joke and have a laugh because that's who we are. And church should be great. It should be really good fun. But what we'll never do is do all those other things and forget to talk about the truth of the gospel of Jesus because, because that's the thing that's going to transform people's lives. We'll speak about the good news of Jesus here every single week because the Bible says when you speak about Jesus, it's his name that makes the difference. It's his name that breaks the barriers. It's his name that sets people free. And if you're visiting today and this is your first time in church, nowhere in the Bible does it say that good people go to heaven I'm so sorry. It doesn't say that. It says, save people go to heaven. Redeem people go to heaven. People who've made themselves right with Jesus, they get to go to heaven. I'm just saying. So people who are far from God need to be accepted and they need truth. Third thing, they also need to know that God's not angry at them. Sometimes when we've been living away from God, we assume he must be really angry at us. Like, and, 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 he must be really angry at some of the choices that we've made and some of the things that we've done and the things we've said and the places we've been and we just assume we've got this picture of God that like, he's going to be so angry. And, that's, and, that, and even then, sometimes when we come to him and we get forgiven by him and we get redeemed by him, sometimes that feeling gets worse. It doesn't get better because then you've got the guilt of, well, I should be better than this now. Like, I shouldn't be saying this now. I shouldn't be doing this now. I shouldn't be going to that place now. I should be better than this. And sometimes it gets even worse. Surely God must be so angry at me now. I remember when I was a new Christian, I had this picture of God just like looking down at me. You know, this big angry guy just looking there going, I, like I knew, okay, so I knew God had to love me because it says in the Bible, God is love and he's not capable of hating me. So he, so he has to because that's what he is. And even though he has to love me, he's like looking down at me just like, Oh, I mean, I love him, but stay to that. Like, what an absolute, like, what the, just, you know, like, what state of this? Yeah, it's my stupid one. But like, and I used to actually picture God like that. Like, he was so angry at me. And this son will have had all sorts of thoughts about how angry God, how angry this father will have been at him. So he comes up with this plan. He rehearses this whole speech and he, he like, he, he gets this whole full-on apology speech ready Verse 21, the son says to his father, he goes, Father, I have sinned against you and I have sinned against heaven. Uh, And he he starts this whole thing and he thinks, okay, I can talk my way out of this. I I can put together some posh prayer and I can just figure this thing out. And he says, I am no longer worthy of being called your son. The father just steps in. He goes, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that. Like, you don't get to go there because, because, 
your forgiveness, your sonship is yours by right. Like it, it already belongs to you. I've already accepted you. I've already, I've already brought you home. This father says to him, bring the finest robe and put it, in the ha- put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. He just interrupts him and says, there's nothing you can do that can earn me back. There's nothing you can do to earn your way back to me. And I want to let you know that today. There's nothing you could do that would make God love you more than he already does. There's nothing you can do that could ever, that could ever drive a wedge between you and him. He loves you. He wants you. He welcomes you back every single time. But isn't this what we do? We go to God like, and we get forgiven and we think God must be angry at us. He's not angry. He's about everyone. God's about every single one. And as a church, we are too. And I just feel like you might need to be reminded of that today. So people who are far from God need to be accepted. They need truth. They've got to know that God's not angry at them. And lastly today, as we land this plane, they need to know that life change is actually possible. They have to know that. Because if they're going to come to a thing called church and stay exactly the same and feel exactly the same way as they always have, what good is that? What point is there to it? It's a waste of time. They have to know that life change is possible. Verse 24, so the party began. That's the best part. That's where the life change really happens. This son goes from eating with the pigs to eating like a king. He goes from isolation to being the guest of honor in the party. He goes from living away to coming home. He goes from sleeping rough with the pigs to John Lewis bedsheets. He goes goes to the the duck-down duvet section, and he puts it all on God's credit card. That's what he experienced. And every single one of us can experience exactly the same thing. He experienced those things because he had a place called home that was welcoming for him to go back to. That's why our purpose as a church is to be welcoming and loving and caring to people who are far from God. That's our mission. That's it. It's why we're here. We can agree or disagree on some other stuff and we can agree and disagree on so much because the Bible's so big and there's a lot of opinion in there. But at the bottom line, we're trying to change lives for Christ one life at a time. And if you're a Christian in this place and you, you, you've heard what I've said and you've kind of joined onto it and one thought that you've had is, this is all great for people who are far from God, but what about me? This is all great for visitors in church and people who are here for the first time and someone who's just like looking for something, looking for a relationship with God. And I get how this is important, but what about me? I'm saved, I'm in. What about me? My name's in the book of life, as Luke was saying a couple of weeks ago. What about me? Well, if that's you and that's a thought you've had, there's another promise that runs alongside this stuff. There's something that comes alongside it and it'll change the way you do life. It'll change the way you read the Bible. It'll change the way you view God. And it's this. When you reach out to people who are far from God, you draw closer to Jesus. When you reach out to someone who is far from him, 
that pulls you right in the center of God's blessing. And if you say, what about my spiritual growth? What about, what about my future with God? Think about the first thing that God ever said to his disciples. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. How do we know when we're growing? How do we know when we're following? When we're fishing. How do we know when we're growing more? How do we follow God closely more? When we're fishing more. Because followers fish. It's as simple as that. So if you're a Christian here today, followers fish. You make your life about lost people and you watch your spiritual life grow. Because at this church, we've made our lives, we've made our existence, we've made our purpose and our very life here in Liverpool about changing lives for Christ one life at a time because in exactly the same way as Jesus is, we are about every one. Church, time's gone. I'd love to pray with you and if you could stand, we're going to pray. The band are going to come. They're going to sing and then we're going to worship some more. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for accepting us. Thank you, God, for the plans that you have for each one of us. And thank you, God, that, Lord, that you are about us. You're about everyone, but it includes us. It includes me. And Lord, I want to commit everyone here to you, whether they know you or whether they don't, whether they're near to you or whether they're far from you. God, today, if we are already in, if we are a Christian here, God, would we see the value in come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Lord, help us to fish better. Help us to fish more. Help us to be more welcoming. God, more encouraging, more engaging. Help us to represent you so much better than we already do. God, if it's possible, help us to draw people closer to you and point people not to ourselves and not to a church and not to an organization, but point people to Jesus because that's when life change really happens. And God, for anyone who doesn't know you, in fact, you know what? For everyone who doesn't know Jesus today, we're going to do this. Let's never be a church that doesn't have a Sunday when we invite people into a relationship with Jesus. So if you're here today and you don't know God, then why delay? Why, why waste one more day of your life? If you're here and you don't know Jesus and no one's ever introduced the two of you, then we're going to pray in a non-weird, non-awkward way. And if that's you and you just go today, I want to come home. I see that this father is at home and he wants to welcome me and he wants to love me and he wants to have a party with me. Then pray this prayer that I'm about to pray in your heart and I know you're going to begin the very best days of your life. So we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you today for the, maybe the first time, God. I don't know how to pray, but I'm going to follow these words of this guy who's just saying some stuff. And God, I want you to come and live in my heart. I want you to make your home in my heart, Lord. 
I want you to forgive me, Jesus, for the things I've done wrong because from now on, I want to get to know you. I know you're not angry at me. I know you love me. I know you called me. And God, I want to live for you right now in the name of Jesus until I meet you again. And everybody at Liverpool One Church said, Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.